Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and it is my pleasure to end this year with a bang. One final podcast. This is podcast number 100. So we finished 100 podcasts in 2020. How about that? Pretty excited about that news. Um, And uh, thank you all for listening. And I pray that you will tell others about it because I think this is an important message. Our message is a little different with the Addiction Connection than it is in the rest of the world. And I just want to talk about that briefly and say, we believe there's hope for addiction because we believe the problem is properly diagnosed as a sin issue in the heart. That's the problem. It's not a disease. It's not anything else that man would call it. It is a problem of a sin desire in the heart. It's a sinful desire that only Christ Jesus can fix. So he's the solution. Now, that sounds so easy, but it's not. We then agree with those who think it's a disease or whatever, that then you begin the work, the hard work of sanctification once you've found salvation in Jesus Christ alone and you are eternally secure and saved in that, then and only then you become uh, a person who puts in the work, but that's partnering with the Holy Spirit. So really it's God's work in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Philippians uh, 2 tells us that, 12 and 13 But it's a work of sanctification. So then you begin to make different choices to put off and put on uh, the old self. And you begin to do that with people in your life, community. I love the community of a church, of a a biblical council working one-on-one with the addicted, but also a small group of people who support, encourage, and admonish the addicted where, where needed. Uh, and then the larger gathering of a local church group. And that's what we have here at Grace Fellowship Church, which I love that setup in what we do. So that's the hope for addiction, is getting plugged into a community group of people who understand that we're all sinners, we all need God's grace, and that it's available through Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read a passage that uh, I have wanted to read all year long. It's actually in Proverbs 31. And when you mention Proverbs 31, what do people think of? They think of, oh, that's the woman chapter, the excellent wife, the the one who none of us can be like because she's so awesome and so great and, you know, and so forth. And I don't necessarily subscribe to that idea about uh, verses 10 through 31 in the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, uh, 10 through 31 of the verses. It's a great, it's a great teaching for women. It's a great teaching for men to think about um, how to help their wives too. I mean, sometimes men just say, okay, ladies, figure it out. But we as husbands need to help our wives to do those things and to do them as unto the Lord. But the first part of this chapter, the first nine verses really deal with a lot of the things we've dealt with in 2020, the social injustice and the, and the problems in the world um, that we've seen. And, you know, being locked down and isolated has really brought 
addictive issues uh, up to the surface and created more addictive issue problems than anyone even anticipated. So uh, I think 2020 has been a year, as we reflect back today being the last day of the year, we reflect back on a very difficult year in many ways because of the lockdown and the scare from the pandemic and the the death and the loss, the grief of people who have died from uh, this terrible illness. In addition to usually they have other uh, comorbid uh, diagnoses and so forth, but people have died this year at an alarming rate. Uh, but the truth of the matter is when we fix our eyes on Jesus, this world is not our home. This isn't where we were meant to be forever and ever in this state. God gives us a new body. So he gives us salvation. We begin to work it out in sanctification, as we talked about. And then when we die, he glorifies, or we call it glorification. He glorifies us in the sense that he renews these bodies and makes them imperishable so that they will never die. And there's hope forever, you know, forever and ever. Amen. So we have new bodies, renewed bodies that never die. Well, that's a great, great thing. But in the meantime, our focus with the Addiction Connection is on sanctification. So I want to read, starting in um, Proverbs 31, we'll just start in verse 1. We'll read all nine of these verses. There's a couple I really want to focus on as I talk about abstinence. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him, What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Isn't that interesting? Women destroy kings. Well, it's not talking about all women. It's talking about women in um, in a sexual way. And, and, and then I believe that's tied to verse 4. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. I love that last part, defending the rights of the poor and needy. That's what we should be about in the body of Christ. Well, the verses six and seven give strong drink to the one who's perishing, the one who's dying. They, um, you know, hospice care is what I think about where the, the nursing team, the, the staff team is called in to care for someone who's dying on their deathbed due to some kind of illness. It could be cancer, it could be anything, but uh, they are dying and there's no hope for recovery, at least from a human perspective. We always know God heals, and and that's always possible. But you give strong drink to that person who's perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. I think that's why wine works so well in uh, in terms of solving the pain of this world when people have been abused and taken advantage of sexually and, um, and mistreated in all kinds of wicked ways. Uh, alcohol is something they turn to because it is something that works for those in bitter distress. It helps them to drink and forget their poverty 
and they don't remember their misery anymore. That's the idea. So that's the the power of drugs and alcohol. Alcohol is a drug. It's just in liquid form. So that's verses six and seven help us to see the power in uh, drug use, alcohol use, because it does eliminate, it helps people to forget that they are impoverished or that they're in misery. And so those per- people who are dying on their deathbed in cancer and the hospice ca- care is called in, hospice is giving them very strong drugs like Dilaudid and morphine to relieve their pain and their suffering so they don't remember it, they forget about it. It doesn't go away, the pain's still there, but the medicine works on their mind in such a way and in their body in such a way that they no longer experience the the pain and the misery. All right, so let's turn our attention to verses 4 and 5. Now look at this. I'm going to skip over three. I mentioned it briefly about the giving your strength to women. It's talking about, um, you know, we've seen it over and over in our culture that men who uh, have adulterous relationships, it's not an affair, it's adultery, who've committed adultery, and these are men in power, tend to have a, a destroyed life. Not always, but... Uh, it tends to destroy them. At least their families are destroyed. Uh, you, you see that. I see at least, I mean, at the very least, that's the lowest consequence is what I'm talking about. You see that with our, our current president, married two or three times and and just all kinds of family issues and problems and, and et cetera, et cetera. So very sad to see that when men who are in power, whether they're businessmen, whether they're political leaders, whether they're community leaders, when they give themselves and their strength over to women who are not their wives, uh, it will destroy them. So that's verse 3. But look at verses 4 and 5. This is really the focus today. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Wow. Think about that, verse 4. It's not for kings. That's the, the top of the rung, right? That's the most powerful leader in a kingdom is the king. It's not for those kings to drink wine. So if you're a leader, you're a king, you're at the top of your kingdom. And I think this could apply to uh, people in power, men or, or women in powerful positions in whatever sphere it could be. Uh, political, it could be your church, it could be your business, your family, maybe you're in your home. I think this is pretty powerful. Now, you, this I know that people aren't going to agree with me on this, and that's fine. We can still be friends. You don't have to agree with me. Um, but I think this is what the Bible's telling us. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Wow. That's the very top. If it's not good for them, it might not be good for us either. But if you're leading a ministry right now, and especially an addictions ministry, I want you to hear me. This message is for you. I don't care if you're leading a secular ministry or a biblical ministry or a so-called Christian ministry or whatever. If you're leading an addictions ministry, verse 4 is for you. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Look at verse 5. Lest they drink, he's talking about strong drink and wine, they drink and forget 
Wow, you can forget. Forget what has been decreed. In other words, what has been established? What is the law? What is the uh, righteous way to live? They can drink, and in those moments, they forget the law. It's as though the law doesn't apply to them. They forget it. It's no longer a restriction on their behavior. And you know, you think about it, somebody who's a king at the top of the kingdom, they need to be restricted because they can do anything they want, right? I mean, they have a power, power given to them by the people. If you're elected leader politically, then that's one thing. But you have power that people have given you, but you have to be restricted. One of the problems in America right now, and I don't mean to go off on a rant here, but our political leaders tend to think they create laws for you, but not for them. So you're seeing that over and over and over that people are um, in political power are making laws and rules and executive orders that people need to follow. And then they're running off and going to, uh, you know, they're saying nobody should travel right now. And then they go off and they travel to Mexico or Mississippi or wherever they want to go. And then other people are saying, you know, we can't eat in restaurants. And then they're going out and spending $10,000 and taking people out to restaurants. And people are saying, we just wanted to go out and eat. Well, we do too as regular people. But your executive position governor said no eating in restaurants. And so uh, that's that's what we're all operating under. But the um, the top people are forgetting that the laws apply to them. That's a big problem in America right now, and that'll be a big problem in America next year, and it's been a big problem in America for a long time uh, with our elected leaders. But that's not the point of this, but that's just an illustration that verse 5 says, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert. So pervert means to twist. They're twisting the rights of all the afflicted. So what you see is when rulers drink, they forget the law and they twist the rights of the afflicted. In other words, they take advantage of people. They don't care for people. They take advantage of them. And it's very sad, very sad to see that. So if you're leading an addiction ministry, my call to you, and I said this at the summit, is I want to see our people be abstinent, be committed to a life of of not giving in to pleasure for pleasure's sake. Now, we can enjoy pleasure. God has given us things to enjoy that he wants us to. But we are not to uh, drink wine or strong drink lest we forget the the decrees, the the laws, the God's law really is the big one for us as Christians, and pervert or twist the uh, the rights of the afflicted, of all the, the people that we are to help. So I just think as a servant, as somebody in addiction ministry, I have to maintain uh, sobriety and to be clean and sober. It would be wrong for me to drink and to drug and then to go and tell the people that I'm caring for, um, you need to be clean and sober. You need to, to do this. Uh, one thing I love about the Addiction Connection is many of our key leaders, our board members, and our, our people that are serving in our ministry, they are committed to a life of abstinence, 
Some of them never had addiction problems, so they uh, they might drink some in moderation, um, which again the Bible allows. Um, so this is not you know uh, me creating unbiblical things for everybody to do. But I really think that as we care for people who are enslaved to addiction, we also need to be committed to the message of sobriety. I think about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a guy, Matthew 3, 4, it says he wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Well, John the Baptist really had one message that he preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message, repent, repent, repent. And it's a very simple message, but it it was paving the way for the Messiah to come. It was the message that God used him uh, used for him to preach, uh, to share with people who uh, he would lead to the Messiah. What a great ministry John the Baptist had. Wouldn't you and I love to have that kind of ministry where God used us to point the way to the Messiah? And God called John to a special place uh, even before he was born, look at Luke chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. It says this, And Zechariah, that was John's John the Baptist's dad, was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you'll call his name John, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. Look at that, verse 15. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Well, we know that's true. He leapt for joy in Elizabeth's womb when she was talking to Mary, the Virgin Mary, who was pregnant by the Holy Spirit of God with Jesus. And John leapt in Elizabeth's womb when he saw the Messiah to come. So that's a pretty powerful little uh, baby inside her belly, and that's exactly what it was. It wasn't some embryo or a set of tissues. It was alive. If you ever want a verse that tries that that goes against the abortion idea that it's just these embryos and flesh and you know it's nothing, well, this verse about well, not this verse, but the verse about. John the Baptist leaping in the womb of Elizabeth tells us that babies are alive and functioning and able to be filled with the Holy Spirit even in the womb. Then verse <clears throat> excuse me, then verse 16 says and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he'll go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And my friend Kevin Hurley, who is the executive director of a great program in Bothell, Washington, it's called the Damascus House, and Kevin does a great job there with um, Micah and Mike Tebow, the just wonderful guys who run that program at a great, very special church, Canyon Hills. Kevin Hurley said to me, I want a ministry that's like John the Baptist." And you see in verse 16, he'll turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he'll go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Well, man, Kevin's saying, I want the spirit and power of Elijah. I want to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. 
I want to see people repent. You know, obviously we don't turn their hearts, but I want to be a part of that where God is turning their hearts, the father's hearts to their children to, to become men of God and who care for their families and the disobedient turning their hearts to the wisdom of the just. So somebody who is disobedient in an addictive lifestyle is going to turn from that disobedience to be wise and to be righteous and just. Those guys that Kevin works with, Micah and uh, Mike Tebow, are men who have turned from disobedience to now wisdom and living in a just and righteous way. And the reason they're doing it is the last part of this verse, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So you're pointing people to Jesus Christ and to do the good works that he has called them to do in Ephesians 2.10. It's just a great ministry to be a part of. But look again at verse 15, for he will be great before the Lord. In other words, he's going to do great things before the Lord with with God's power. God's going to exalt him in a sense where he's going to see results in his ministry. He's going to see fruit. He's going to see great things happen because of his ministry, but he must not drink wine and he must not drink strong drink and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That's the sanctification restriction in his life. Don't drink wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how Ephesians 5.18 puts it. And that's the call on John's life before John was born before anybody knew. In fact, John's name was supposed to be Zechariah. He wasn't supposed to be named after his father and his family. But the angel said, we're going to do something different here and name him John. So there's something very different that's going on here. This is not, I know the biblical context here is that this is a message specifically for Zechariah and John the Baptist and Elizabeth, the mother, Um, It's not like this message is for all of us, but the principles here apply to us and help us to say, I want to be pure in the area of drugs. I want to be someone who uh, takes a Nazarite vow, like in Numbers chapter 6, where, you know, I grow my hair long, I avoid dead bodies, and I avoid uh, all kinds of wine and strong drink. That's my commitment, to be Um, to be someone committed to serve God in that way. And I believe that when you say no to your flesh, you can say yes to the power of the Holy Spirit working in you to do great things like in the spirit and power of Elijah. So people sing about this all the time. There are popular songs out that talk about the spirit and the power of Elijah and all that. And they're great, great songs. You know, they get you stirred up and excited But here's a very practical way to do that. Abstain from strong drink, from wine, from from drug use, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Read the Word, study the Word, live the Word out in obedience to God. And I believe God will use you in mighty ways. Now, you know, it's not a guarantee, but I believe that He will use you and give you his power to, to speak a message that will turn people's hearts back toward him. And that's what we want. Now, remember John the Baptist, his life, if you look at it humanly, very tragic. He was beheaded. He was beheaded at a drunken, drunk fest. Here he was a guy abstaining, and yet alcohol 
and drinking, and the king made kind of a silly promise, and the queen uh, took advantage of that because she hated John the Baptist. They were married and really should not have been, and John had been vocal about that. And so here they were at a party. She took advantage of the king's um, state of mind and uh, had their uh, daughter make a request to put John's head on a platter. Oh, what a wicked, horrible request. John's life didn't end well in that human perspective sense. Yet God used him in mighty ways. And the second his head was severed, he was with the Lord. He was with God. So we need to be a people who are called apart, set apart, different from the world, calling the world to obedience to Christ, not obedience to us and what we think is right, but obedience to Christ. And we have a great message. And so I want to encourage you as we finish off 2020, a really hard year, really weird year, uh, restrictive year in a lot of ways, a lot of false narratives, false ideas, an election year at that. I mean, um, and racial injustice and lots of horrific things brought to light. But you know what? It's an opportunity for us as a body of Christ to speak life and love to, to those people who are desperately looking for anything to solve their uh, fear, to solve their issues, and really the, the solution is only in Jesus Christ, which is why the Addiction Connection exists. We want to point people to their sin in their own hearts for addiction, for, for those issues, because that then points them to the Savior to the one who can save them, who will then be Lord of their lives and care for them as a father, Abba Father, a close daddy, a a close father, someone who will shepherd them and care for them and love them. And they simply need to repent, which was the message of John the Baptist. So my point today is I just want to call you, if you're in a leadership role, to really consider and pray about this very thing of purity, of setting yourself apart from drugs and alcohol, strong drink, wine, whatever you want to call it. You know what God is calling you to do. And I want to call you to consider that and to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to deny my flesh of this one pleasure that I enjoy because I want to do greater things for you and for your kingdom. I want to be Uh, to go before you in the spirit and power of Elijah. And that's our prayer request. God, use us. Use us in a mighty way. And that mighty way might be one life that's changed for the glory of God. But wouldn't that be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth it for you to give up one thing that you love, that you desire? Or maybe you don't love it. Maybe it's just something you do on the weekends and you enjoy it. Giving that one thing up for the desire to do more for Christ. That, that's the call today. So as we end this year, uh, that's my call to you. Think about that, especially tonight as you celebrate New Year's Eve um, with champagne. I mean, you can celebrate it with grape juice, just, just the same. Uh, same meaning no one will ever know. I won't tell, I promise. Um, and you can enjoy the new year uh, or do what we do on New Year's Eve. Um, we... We quit staying up late. I mean, not every year. Sometimes we stay up late. But we we went to bed at a normal, decent hour, 9, 10 o'clock, 
and then would wake up early the next day to celebrate the new year with our Christian brothers and friends and enjoy the day in daylight and have breakfast together, sing songs, uh, and spend that time together. It was so great. So I'd encourage you to even flip the holiday and, you know, why stay up late and drink wine and celebrate and do what the world does? Why not do something different, which is celebrating the year past by waking up early, spending time, eating breakfast with friends. That's just a special way to do it. So um, as we end this year, I want to thank you. Thank you for your support. We have had a banner year at the Addiction Connection. I cannot even tell you the amazing turnaround we've had in 2020. It has been a hard year in so many ways, but it has been a great year for us to uh, really focus on new curriculum, uh, these podcasts and different things we've been doing to try to uh, push back the darkness and and um, really uh, focus in on what God's called us to do. So thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for listening today. Join us next time, next year. We'll see you next year on the Addiction Connection podcast. Take care and God bless.